On Burning Ground is a post-apocalyptic survival story, and as such, may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. My little brother used to pull the tails off of lizards when he was little. Those bloody ends would twitch and dance, and his little fingers blissfully unaware they had nothing to attach to. We were like that now. The world had died, and there was no one left to hold on to. Mallory pressed her face into my side. Well, almost no one. <coughs> she was too little for this. Too small to grow up in ash and death. If she ever grows up, I brushed her hair aside and the dark thoughts along with it. The sun peeked over the distant horizon, bringing with it a bloody smear of orange and red. They were still far off, but there would be more fires today. <coughs> There were always more fires, and when they came, we did what we could. We ran, we hid, we stayed alive. I slowly pulled myself away from the sleeping five-year-old and stretched out a pair of tired arms. <clears throat> the flannel had been a welcome find not far from the river. It hadn't taken long to wash the blood out of it. Thankfully, Mal hadn't seemed to notice. Oh, if she had, she'd been too mature to say anything about it, or too afraid. I hated the thought of my daughter curled up in a ball covered in salvaged clothing and afraid. But that was the world we lived in now. I crawled to my feet, frowning from pins and needles in my toes. The doctors had a name for it, back when there were doctors. It wasn't good, but it wouldn't kill me as long as I took the meds. Ellie always used to say medicine is not an exact science. And now I was inclined to agree with her. I couldn't remember the last time I'd taken a pill and <clears throat> I didn't appear to be dead yet. But if I was dead, this was hell. I was no doctor, but even I knew a little girl needs food. I tried boiling down some acorns, but they were too bitter. We needed meat. Mal needed meat. The snares, I'd set them up before dark, just like I'd run the alarm line around the camp. It wasn't much. Just some old fishing line salvaged from the river, and a bell she had plucked off a bear's bow tie. I tried to stop her. But she insisted. I'm too old for bears, Dad. Keep it, I said, knowing that it had been Ellie's before Mal inherited it. The bear was just as much for me as it was for her. I took a long look back at my little woman, sleeping curled up in a ball against the rapidly cooling ground. Then I slipped out of camp and over the all but invisible fishing line. The bell stayed quiet in the smoky light of dawn. There had to be something in the snares. Rabbits were still around. Not many. <clears throat> but we'd seen a few. Well, squirrels. They weren't the chittering thing we had in our tree over our old house. But they were still out there. And just like everything else, they were hungry. We're all hungry. We didn't need much, but we needed to survive. I didn't know why anymore. Be 
But I knew we just needed to survive because... <gasps> a low and throated growl stopped me cold. I pressed my back up against the dry bark of a slender pine and pulled out a knife. Practically giddy with anticipation. It wasn't much. And it was dumb, but it would work. We were hungry. I took a deep breath and choked back the smoke. <coughs> the fires would be here today. And we needed to be gone before they arrived. We'll move so much faster with food in our bellies. I clung to the thought and crept around the tree knife in hand. Dog. It took me a second to remember the word. Cut up, muddy, barely recognizable. It fought to free itself from the trap's thin fishing line. I didn't know why, but my first thought was Ellie. Mal had wanted a dog, but she had been allergic. She would have certainly been allergic to this dog, its thick fur laden matted with grunge and pine sap. The animal didn't want to be in my snare, and I didn't want it to be there. I hesitated, the blade heavy in my hand. We were hungry. So hungry. And that's when the bell rang. Mallory! The bell! The dog stopped moving, and so did I. We were both momentarily frozen by the unnatural sound. The bell meant someone or something had reached the camp. Reached Mal! I raced back up the hill. The same knots that had been hard to navigate before were now thick ropes of root laid out to trip me up, to keep me from reaching her. I opened my mouth to cry her name, but stopped. What was over the next ridge? What had found our camp? <coughs> there were too many possibilities, and very few of them good. Breakfast wasn't just going to stumble into our mouths. I tightened the grip of my knife, tired fingers growing numb in the process. The last hundred feet or so were a blur of narrow trees and foot-trapping roots. <coughs> the fires were closer, but they weren't here yet. Still, the flame brought other things, dark things, and she was alone. I'm coming, Mal. I wanted to scream that out, to tell my daughter I was close at hand. But something kept me from speaking. Something held my mouth. Fear. I reached the camp, and it's tripwire. Surprised to find the tiny filament still whole. His stolen bell bobbing gently above the knotted ground. Was it the wind? The thought may have carried more weight had the winds returned, but they traveled with the fire and hadn't touched this part of the forest yet. I stepped over the cord and I found her exactly where I'd left her. My mouth wrapped up in a ball of quiet slumber, her body covered in leaves and cheap blankets while her mind remained blissfully unaware of the world unfolding around her and the hunger canines standing over her. They were hungry and the fire line flushed out food. Food like us. I counted four of them. The tiny pack too focused on my daughter to turn their attention to me, at least for the moment. The acrid smoke that lingered in the air brought with it a renewed tension. <coughs> The fire was coming. It was always coming. One against four. But I had my knife and my wits. 
I spread my arms wide and took up the meager space my skinny body could. Then I let him have it. My words came out a mixture of fear and hatred. I hated this world and living in it. I hated that Mal would never know life without the fires. I poured that hatred into my words and into my hands. Get away from her! Momentarily startled, the animals hesitated, clearly unsure what to do. Mal may have looked like a tasty treat, but there was a bigger one, and he looked dangerous. I leaned into that look, waving my arms and stomping my feet. <clears throat> to the casual onlooker, I would have looked like I lost my mind or worse. But to these monsters, I wanted to appear too dangerous to mess with, to be something high on the burned edges of the food chain, and not worth their time. <clears throat> the closest canines backed off, unsure what to do, but unwilling to leave this slowly waking breakfast. Merle, wake up! My daughter did what most five-year-olds did when they were tired. She pulled the blankets tighter to smother herself beneath a sea of leaves and fabric. The dog still didn't appear to know what to make of it, and this confusion gave me an advantage. It put wind in my sails and courage in my hands. I swung my knife back and forth, making sure their dark eyes followed the dull metal blade. You heard me. Go! If you enjoyed this story and want to show your support with a modest contribution, you can find this story and other exclusive tales on our Patreon page. Lastly, join us in our community Discord server to hear about news, events, and giveaways like signed copies of the book. The links are down below. Thank you.